Hello, and welcome to episode 192 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of Marvel Studio and streaming on Disney Plus Season 1, Episodes 8 and 9 of WandaVision. Episode 8, previously on, Wanda embarks on a troubled journey revisiting her past for insight into her present and future. And Episode 9, the series finale, the events of WandaVision come to a head and destinies of those who took part are determined. This is your spoiler alert for all nine episodes of WandaVision. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. And also, we have a special guest. He was once kicked out of the Wrecking Crew by the Essing Bandit, Mr. Joe Daggs. <laughs> Good evening. Awesome. So, was guys, that, Was that requested by Joe to have that story told, or are you just embarrassing him with that? Uh, it's it's a little personal history of Joe Daggs and a little bit of Joe Daggs' uh, love for the uh, the Wrecking Crew in uh, Secret Wars. That's true. The Wrecking Crew are in Secret Wars. That's great. Yeah, the, Man, the, I didn't know that. The Beyonder he had a he had a few Marvel superheroes and villains to pick, and he took like the the almost did he take the entire Wrecking Crew or most of the Wrecking Crew? Joe, whole, whole Wrecking Crew. I was pile, <laughs> I was pile driver for Halloween one year. No one knew who I was. <laughs> Wow, that's impressive. Good for you. So, guys, we, yeah. uh, we, we, we finished up WandaVision here with episodes uh, eight and nine. Um, we, we'll go into a deep dive, but uh, what do we think about how these last two uh, episodes uh, worked out? Joe, you go you ahead, want... Joe. Start us yeah. off. Yeah, Joe, why don't you go first? You know, I got kind of a mixed bag, some mixed feelings about it. Um, overall, I think it was a fun ride. Uh, you know, as it tied up some of the loose ends, I think there's a little bit of uh, disappointment in some of the the Easter eggs that were planted and everything else. Um, so I would say overall, if I had to grade it, I think I'd give it a B plus. That's pretty good. And and Noah, what are what are your thoughts? Uh, I liked it because it did sort of like uh i've been re-watching it like i got to episode halfway through the the previously on episode and um it was i like and i like sort of like one watching it the more and more sort of like how they pay off is sort of like really nice closed narrative um am i cutting out too much here uh there was a little bit but i think i think we're okay Okay. Yeah, I, I just sort of like how everything, it's a, it seems like a nice closed loop narrative, I think, with the Easter eggs and what was paid off and everything. So I, I would rate it, um, I would give it an A. And I, I really think, I really think it'll be something that um, I think will like, I think people will sort of have to get over their expectations of it, you know, and like sort of what they were expecting from it. And I have to do sort of the same thing where I have to like get over the expectations. Mm-hmm. And then I think once expectations have settled down like the hype has settled down and people just watch it for what it is i think it'll garner more respect then um but i i I definitely wasn't like happy with everything i don't think um i feel like maybe they could have i don't know some things could have been developed a little bit more than they were i think at the end and we'll, we'll get to it when we get to episode nine um yeah yeah i can agree Matt. what are your thoughts 
Yeah, I can agree with what both of you are saying. I think I would probably land. I would probably land in the middle. Uh, or I don't know if Joe's grade was a B plus, but I would. I would do a B plus. Um, and I know there's been a lot of talk on the internet that this show was sort of uh, a victim of its own sort of uh, high expectations with all the stuff that we saw you know, in one and two, and there was this wild internet speculation that, you know, this, this person's going to show up. And, you know, we even, we even had a lot of fun with that, you know, where we're like, is Magneto going to show up? Uh, uh, you know, and, you know, there, there was just nine weeks of this, you know, fanboy hype on the internet and us connecting all of these, these points. So, uh, it was a good story. It went from beginning to end with a conclusion. It's just that we had, you know, nine weeks of, of wild speculation to let our sort of minds uh, run wild. And I think it was a victim of its, its, its own sort of early success. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. And I think, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think a lot of that speculation is sort of what garnered, uh, um, like, I think it sort of like garnered the following that it did because of all that speculation. I think that was brilliant for Marvel to bake that into it. And um, with one character in particular, who I'm sure we'll get into, but like, you know, it was, I think it was a pretty smart thing to get people talking. Um, and yeah, I liked that. I really did. I thought, I think, I think as far as like shows go, I'm kind of looking forward to if they're going to do something similar with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier next. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like eight was still sort of the continuation of uh, Agatha and um, Wanda sort of having that square off in, in, in their basement. Right. Was was that how that worked? Was was that what eight was? And then they sort of went through sort of her seeing, uh, you know, the attack uh, with the Stark missile. Uh, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Um, and, but it starts off more importantly with the um origins of sort of the semi-origins of uh agatha correct as a, at the salem witch like during like salem witch trials so so let's talk about that what what do you what did you think about how they sort of gave us that backstory on agatha to sort of it's good in a way to sort of you know for character development joe um you know what do you think about the fact that they sort of made us see some of the the stuff that Agatha had gone through and has possibly gone through as sort of a uh you know uh you know a witch and all of that kind of stuff you know it's it's good not to have the sort of mustache twirling villain to have him sort of have you know some story and make us feel you know somewhat uh that we can understand maybe where they're coming from so what did you think about the the Agatha flashback yeah I like that part I think um you know I know we do our deep dives um internally here with our little pod and everything else it brought up a, a point that i was thinking about where it actually um it has the uh the first superpowers on earth go back to then now right go back to that time frame um you know not captain america or any or any alien that came down or even captain marvel now it's like there's been super 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 powered beings floating around earth since since the salem winter trials which i thought was kind of interesting as far as the whole Marvel timeline goes, as they expand it and everything else. Um, and I thought overall that was well done because they use that to harken back. Uh, they come full circle with that, you know, back in episode nine, which I'm sure we'll touch on. 
Yeah, that's yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. I didn't think about the sort of the historical sort of going back that far. Um, you know, in the in the in the comics, I guess the uh, the sort of the start of the the Marvel universe would be the 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 FF sort of getting in that rocket, getting the the gamma radiation gamma radiation. Um, and I guess when we look at it, the, the 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 Marvel Cinematic U, it's sort of Iron Man sort of coming out as the, the the first you know powered individual. He's powered through a suit, but also at the end of that, Fury is saying you know um, you know with that post credit scene that you know he he's aware of other powered individuals so that's sort of the start of the the cinematic universe so it's cool to see that there was things before that no what 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 do you think about the the distinction between the way the the comics would have started with the ff and the the marvel u and movies starting with with iron man um i i think that like uh i guess like on a grander scale it's always cool to see like the alternate history of things and how marvel sort of like it's sort of like the one thing people kind of overlook is like the subtle retcons that it does to like its history and how things like what what kind of world does it exist in you know mm -hmm. um especially watching the first iron man film it's kind of it's kind of a heightened version of our world in that film like there's not so much like you know the changing history kind of uh, when Stark working on the atomic bomb and things like that, they're just like little, there's just like these little divergent points, right. Of like, you know, the technology being a little different, a little more heightened. And then like, you know, as we go through into Captain America, like Joe brought up, we get more into how, like how the technology works. So I think it's, it's cool that like everything does kind of stem from Iron Man in that way, like technology, technological, technology wise. So you get, you know, the explanation from there. And then that sort of like bleeds back and forth in the timeline mm -hmm. and sort of creates the explanation there as to why we get people like Captain America and then, you know, programs like the, uh, like the one that Captain Marvel came from, which was using the alien technology. And, um, but then it's sort of interesting because then it's like Tony Stark is in charge of one branch of the timeline that goes like, you know, both ways, right? Then there's like Thor, who sort of represents the magic element of, of the Marvel timeline. So, you know, we have Agatha now as sort of like the first terrestrial bound super being, you know, like as far as like, you know, that was like from Earth, developed her powers on Earth, that kind of thing. But before her, we have, we have Thor showing up and um, we have, uh, him sort of like developing this sort of like our, our mythology and our like, you know, like religion in, in the world that it exists in that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's cool. It's going to be cool to see like if they explore that element a little bit more in the, in the, in the next ones is like, it's like this magic that Agatha is hearkening back to. Does that all come from a cosmic element or is that a new element altogether? Because right now we have Thor linking the earth to the cosmic, and Tony linking it to like the technology that's heightened. So I'm wondering, is this magic a completely new element or will it be linked to the cosmic? So those are sort of the questions that I have going into this. Um, because that, because like Wanda partially got her magic from cosmic energy. So that's, that's sort of, those are my thoughts. They're a little jumbled, but it's like, it's just sort of what I've been thinking about.
Um, no, I, I, I like that breakdown. That, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so after the, the scene with, with Agatha, is that when we sort of go through the, the walking through the, the magical doors with, with Wanda to sort of see various um, parts of her, her, her past? Is, am I remembering that correctly? In, in eight? Yeah, I think they start, they do that flashback um, with the, uh, I think they allude to her love of sitcoms by, mm-hmm. you know, how they watch with the family. Then they do the the bombing and the flashback, and then I think they, they do almost like a, uh, um, almost like a sort of like a, a different 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 parts of timelines in her life, almost like a Dickens type uh, walkthrough of different things in her life that kind of created her. Yeah, I think we see at least three sort of major sort of events. We see uh, the the Stark tech bomb coming into the to her apartment. And, and not uh, exploding. Um, we see her as sort of an operative uh, for, for Hydra, not knowing, you know, the, the intent and operatives uh, of, of, of Hydra. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, did, did, did my audio go wacky there? Just for a second. Okay. Um, no, you're, you're, yeah, a little bit, but. Okay, uh, we'll we'll fix this up uh, and uh, with an edit. Um, so again, I think the three major things that we saw were, um, you know, Wanda with the bomb, Hydra agent, and then sort of her dealing with uh, Pietro's death after Age of Ultron. What did you think about seeing those uh, those little three vignettes of of key points of of Wanda's past? I had Noah. Oh, I was going to say it was great to see like the payoffs from the commercials in all of those um, sort of in the order of their appearance in a way like there are some things that are sort of. I don't know, like some things, I guess, are sort of combined. So like first episode, we got the the blinking light on the toaster, which rep- with like Tony Stark, with like the Stark Industries thing on it, which represents the missile mm-hmm. in that wasn't about to go off that had the blinking light. Second and third episode both have the have the um, second episode has the the Strucker watch, which is the Hydra reference, and then the second episode has the Hydra. I think the Hydra, um, uh, what's it called, like the spa, right? I think is that episode, um, or is that a different one? I can't remember, but that's what that's the reference there, mm-hmm. and that and that flashback, and then the the Lagos. Soap, I think, is one of them. I think that's the one in the eighties, and or or something like that. And then that's like sort of the events of that flashback are sort of right before they go to Lagos, and Wanda killed all those people in in, in Civil War. Um, it was sort of cool to see like the the flash, the the commercials setting up the flashbacks and sort of these items that will be paid off then. Um, and one thing I was thinking about tonight, because uh, I watched episode seven and then started watching episode eight. And episode seven has the Nexus commercial about like recreating your realities, right? Mm-hmm. Which we we can discuss because it in the comics that's a reference to like the Nexus of all of like all realities, right? Or something like that, Nexus of Worlds. Um but there's kind of a Nexus in Agatha's basement. Cause she's like taking her through the doors to like the different memories, which is kind of like, 
transporting it like that's sort of like a nexus where it's like you know branching off into all these different memories so I'm wondering if that's that's sort of what that uh if that if that serves a greater purpose for what's going to be coming ahead in the you know the next Marvel films or if that sort of represents just Agatha's sort of lair and have it having all the branching off of you know the doors that lead to Wanda's memories um that's all I thought of and then of course the yeah we'll get into like what the yo magic commercial means uh in the next episode um or at the end of this episode but yeah that's that's sort of um I like that that was my favorite part of that episode but also it was a like I I loved that 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 was sort of like our like getting giving a a superhero that like you know was we didn't think we'd ever get like the would ever get like the proper origin story treatment mm-hmm. you know in a really cool new clear way and then having it like you know again with like a lot of superhero movies they always you know they do like linearly whether like they do the origin at the beginning and then it leads into the you know the second and third act um what's cool with this is that like we saved the origin all the way to the end and it was interesting because i was i can't remember what um podcast i was listening to where they're talking about screenplay writing and they referenced great film and i was like oh yeah that's brilliant that they saved the origin story for this character all the way to the end so we have these questions as to why characters like you know we know about this character somewhat we don't know why they're doing this and saving that origin until the end actually is like a really great storytelling device because it's just, it keeps us on our toes. And then it has this really strong emotional payoff because we have all these questions leading up to it. And then having the origin be second to last is kind of brilliant. Even though we kind of, if you're following along with the show, you kind of already know, not the show, but if you're following along with the MCU, you already kind of know about Wanda but it's really cool. Just, I think it's very satisfying as a series to have this like nice origin story episode for character that we didn't think we'd get an origin story, you know, for, um, but here she is getting at least like a 40 minute long one, which is pretty awesome. Um, so that's, that's my long rambling. What I like about that episode, that, that, that whole sequence, but, um, well, what, what are your guys' thoughts? No, I, I liked it because it's it's one of those things where it's like familiar things that we know from, you know, the, uh, you know, her development through Age of Ultron. Um, I guess, did we did we see them? No, we didn't. We didn't see them in any of the Captain America movies. They were introduced to us in, in Age of Ultron. But it's sort of like it's just comfortable to to sort of put pieces that we know together and see a little bit more. Um, so so I like that as well. Um uh, so, so I enjoyed it, Joe. Joe, what are your thoughts about those sort of uh, sequence we saw of, of Wanda's past? Yeah, I thought eight was really well done. Um, I kind of like what uh, Noah just said about how it's like we almost knew a lot of those things, but then how they presented it and then maybe filled in some of the blanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can only, you only you only probably do that in in that was a movie. You'd be like, wow, this is kind of weird. So you only do that in like a TV series where you you have the uh, the bandwidth right. to do it. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I actually thought that was really well done um, uh, from a storytelling standpoint. Just and just the episode itself. It, it uh, 
you know, what, we, you know, what, why is it an A for me? You'll be more for an episode nine. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought A honestly uh, was pretty solid up to the point where like, you know, we knew she created Westview, but it's like, this is what got us to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really well done. So also I was thinking, so those were sort of the first three sequences we saw, but I think also, do, do we see two more? We see sort of, uh, Wanda and the Vision sort of post Age of Ultron sort of at Avengers compound and the Vision trying to comfort her not completely understanding everything so that gives us um, sort of more of an emotional connection to to why Wanda and the Vision um, care about each other and why she's so distraught uh, after the events of um, Endgame but I think also is do we also get um, Agatha watching um, Wanda going to the to the to the sword compound where they're sort of trying to reverse engineer uh, the vision? So what do you guys think about the next sort of two sequences in the sort of you know like somebody said like Dickens sort of stories like this is your life I'm going to lead you through these through these key events. Um, so what do you think about those those two sequences? The, the comforting of Wanda post uh, Age of Ultron and the going to Sword Headquarters uh, post uh, Endgame. Um, Joe, why don't you start off here? So the, uh, I know we always have some references to Terminator on this podcast, but <laughs> I, I do think, uh, you know, was that important when she was crying and he was questioning the tears when he was looking at her, her crying? Am I making that up or that, did that happen? Um, and I, I actually thought about. Um, I think he does. Yeah, yeah. I thought about when um, T two when he realized why Ed Furlong cried. Remember he said that he goes, "I know why you cry." Mm-hmm. So I thought about another uh, android <laughs> figure, <laughs> understanding emotion, a very popular theme in these sci-fi movies. But um, yeah, no. Again, I I I, I think we we you know we we. Uh, I think Noah said in a previous episode how he loved how they um, referenced in, um, in uh, Endgame in uh, the Dark World how they 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 looked at, an, at something that already happened and they kind of just repurposed it and looked at it again from another angle and uh, um, they did that great throughout the whole series and they did it again I think in this one where they looked at all these different these different callbacks and flashbacks and spoke to it and used it to help propel the story so I thought it was great. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A good, that's a good point. Uh, Noah, what what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I definitely get the, and I, I think maybe that's why that scene with Wanda and Vision sitting on the bed watching TV and her explaining the humor of the sitcoms, and then that being a moment of connection for him, where like he can only process things like you know slowly, like as a machine. So he just has to be told, and then like eventually figures it out. And has this like nice moment of like where she gives him laughter, which is really sweet. Um, and then um, in turn, he kind of gives voice to the pain that she's feeling and sort of comforts her. So he has this very deep philosophical, but also like not cynical, but like very like matter of fact way of viewing emotions and things, not to the place of being cold, but to the place of being very logical about it. So he doesn't question why she's grieving, but he gives like this very nice logical explanation as to why she's grieving. It's a good thing. So I love that 
I love that line. It stuck with me immediately, which was his line about, you know, what is grief if not love persevering? Like that hit me really hard in the feels um, right away. Uh, much like scenes from like T2 where, you know, where uh, John Connor is explaining emotions and, and, and things like that to the Terminator and also like Iron Giant when um, Hogarth is explaining to the Iron Giant about like having a soul and like what it like, you know, going on and things like that. There is just something just incredibly sweet about, you know, uh, about like, you know, of course, people like robots, like emotional moments with robots, that kind of thing, I guess, you know, that's why certain episodes of Star Trek are so emotional, that kind of thing, too, you know, but like, I, I loved that and it's just something I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, but I also love how they don't, they don't show that um, like a one-sided relationship in that one moment that in this short moment, they show that like she's showing him something wonderful about life, which is this laughter and this enjoyment of things and explaining why the humor works in Malcolm in the middle. And then he's giving voice to the pain that she's having right now and not belittling it, but giving it like meaning and, and wait and that was just such a mo moving moment where you get like you got them by their chemistry and they were in love and why they wanted to work together from the beginning of this show but this like this solidified their relationship as being something good and you know uh, I really loved that moment and then the sweetness of that scene carrying over into her pain in the next scene when she invades the sword base sword base and you know basically breaks through the window to go up close to his body and then we get a call back to infinity war when she feels the his head and she says no she like she reaches out with his her powers and she says i can't feel you and that's a call back to infinity war when they just always say to each other all i feel is you and um that moment hit me hard like right again i was like ah oh, like like you know tugging at my heartstrings back and forth in different ways where it's just so heartbreaking, this real relationship that they have. And so that was brilliant writing. I thought right then and there to, to show, you know, the relationship, why it was great, why it hurts that it's gone, you know, and then of course onto the next scene where she goes to the house. So yeah, take it away, Matt. What do you, what did you think about those two scenes? No, I, yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I both like those. Um, you know, I, I love the 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 world building of uh, you know sword. Um, you know, trying to repurpose. Uh, the, you know, the the tech that's in you know in the vision. Um, so you know, I really love that. Uh, it was it was great to see that, um, and sort of that that sort of gives us. Is it the is that going to lead us into the cliffhanger? I know we have one more scene to talk about. Does that lead us sort of into the cliffhanger? That's uh, the end of eight. What we see? No, we have we have a um, we have Wanda building Westview after that. That's the last part of the flashback where she looks at the at the map, which yeah. is a, which is another which answers a question from the first episode as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, no, but I was talking about the the teaser map. The the teaser we get at the end is that this that's probably filling us in like what sword was was doing. I mean, we we've talked about. Oh sword. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I I agree with yeah. you. Um, but 
Yeah, so the last scene fills us in a lot about like Westview and, and the residents of Westview and and where they were where they uh, where they were going to go and reside. Joe, is there any truth to the rumor that the Scarlet Witch's breaking point was when she found out that she was going to retire to New Jersey? Well, no, that was the sign that <laughs> that she went she went there on purpose, was that she's not mentally stable, actually. I thought she was like, I thought she was like, I thought, she, I thought she was like, I've been through so much. I lost my brother. You know, I, I fought uh, Thanos. Now you're making me go to New Jersey. I thought that was like her breaking point. I tried to fill up my tank. They wouldn't let me. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, <laughs> but that, that last flashback gives us a lot of sort of, uh, insight as to to Westview and the people of Westview where we had a lot of speculation that you know these people in Westview were were different Marvel characters we found out that that was not the case they were just sort of um once they were inside the hex they were sort of given sort of a different uh personality um but some of their thoughts were still sort of bleeding through what did you guys think about the reveal that the townspeople of, of Westview were not any of those Marvel characters that, you know, we had nine weeks of speculation that they might have been. Um, I um, mean, I, I was, I'm sorry. I, 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 yeah, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, you go ahead, Joe. I mean, aside from, I'm sure we'll get to uh, Petro or uh, Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. Aside from, aside from that, which I thought, mm, you know, uh, was not a big fan of how that all developed. Um, I thought it was okay. I think I, I think it showed that um, regardless, I think they touched on it too, that like, you know, she's not the best person, like regardless of that, right? She's a flawed, she's a flawed hero, which yeah. um, I think, you know, everyone loves a flawed hero these days. So, you know, she's not Captain America. She's not squeaky clean, which I liked. Like, you know, she has some sins. And I think the fact that she did that harkens back to her being the Scarlet Witch, someone who has... Um, you know, who uh, I'm not gonna say she's evil, but she's not pure good either. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I didn't think about it in that sense where she's a compelling character from the beginning because we know something's off. And once we realize that she's doing something wrong, we kind of start to be suspicious of her, of her, of her motives and what she is doing. Even if we aren't familiar with this character, we still are sort of like, okay, like, there's something dodgy going on here, but I think there's enough relatability to the character with her love for vision and her desire to have like a normal life and things like that, that we relate to her. And we're kind of rooting her for rooting for her for a little bit until we sort of start to realize with vision that she's controlling innocent people's minds and do things against their will. But there's just something there that's sort of either we don't know why but we're still sort of like compelling, like the, she's still a compelling enough character that we want to know why. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, having that moment of like pure grief and like, you know, that, that moment that Agatha's looking for when Wanda explodes and like builds the house and rebuilds vision and builds this sick 50 sitcom reality around Westview, we get it by that point. We're like, yeah, we understand. And another brilliant thing about it is that, um, yeah. Oh man, I had another thing. Oh, the, the, the thing about it, the brilliant thing about it that I didn't realize until someone pointed out to me is that when you look at the, when she looks at the blueprint for the house that Vision wrote the 
like you know our forever home or like a home for me and you there's a black heart written on it or something like that um which is the callback to the first episode with the heart written on the calendar and obviously there's like a different thing written into it there but like that's sort of where it comes from Mm -hmm. um is that sort of where it's like it, it like it mutated from or something like that so yeah i loved that um but yeah that's uh yeah, that's a heavy scene right there but i thought it was cool um to see everything be mutated and everything like that i think my speculation was more wild and i just wanted to be crazy with it so i wasn't really expecting anyone to be anything big i just sort of wanted for once to throw all my logic to the wind because i'm always so just like like when i'm talking with madam always like oh, i don't know if they would do that that kind of thing i just wanted to be nuts so i wanted I wanted to throw out some theories about people being X-Men in, in Westview, but I knew it was probably never going to happen except for, um, uh, I can't remember her name, but it's like Phyllis Jones or something like that. Um, who in the next episode you see trimming like yellow roses. And, um, that's like a, a sort of like a characteristic of Arcana Jones, which I think we've talked about about before on the podcast who's another mystical character so that she could possibly still be another hidden sorcerer in the in the town um interesting i think there's just too much yeah there's just too much uh there's just too much in common with that character that is sort of like a little um for it to be a coincidence that she's like trimming roses and her last name is jones and apparently even in the comics arcana jones's husband's name is phil we saw in earlier episodes that her husband's name is phil and stuff like that so i i got that courtesy of some internet browsing um but yeah those are my thoughts what, what are your thoughts matt how disappointed were you that the town wasn't filled with uh x-men <laughs> uh, I, I have to say uh, a, a tiny bit disappointing, um, but it, it makes, you know, what we had seen, you know, previously, you know, the, the, the 10 minutes before made it a lot of sense because, um, you know, it seems like Agatha was called there basically with some knowledge of uh, chaos magic happening. Um, and, you know, why, why would, well, I mean, that would beg the difference. Like Charles, if she's a mutant and she's she's having all of these thoughts, Cerebro should have lit up and be like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta check this out." But um, you know, the 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 like I said, the ten minutes before sort of made it okay. But it it, it just would have you know, wild fanboy speculation would have been great to sort of have the X Men <laughs> infiltrate that somehow. So, but 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 I enjoyed it. Um, so I think what we get here is the the reveal, um, the the post credit reveal, which is sort of a big thing that is going to happen in nine. It's that uh, sword is is rebuilding the the vision, right? And he's the uh, he's 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 the white vision. So Joe instantly the next day went and sold all of his uh, West Coast Avengers books for about fifty bucks a pop on eBay. <laughs> And they're not, and they're not in good shape. Definitely. <laughs> so that, that was a pretty big reveal. Um, and I think as we talk about 
uh, the last episode, it has a lot of implications for, for the Marvel Universe going forward. Um, but what do you think about the, the next to last episode having such a big sort of post-credit uh, reveal that the, the vision has been rebuilt? Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of just how they rolled out White Vision and his role in episode nine. Um, I, and again, I, you know, not to be uh, hypercritical of it, I, I felt as if it seemed like out of left field, and then it seemed like it was almost forced, for lack of a better term. Um, and you guys are writers, I think you, you understand that concept where it was like, here's White Vision, and he's going to pick a major part in episode nine. Really, no build up to him, and now he's going to be the main, one of the main pro- protagonists. Um, I thought it was okay. What I did like about it, I would say, is this, is that I think the uh, the head of sword uh, uh, at one point said that, that Wanda stole Vision's body, right? Isn't that what, she, what he said? That was kind of what he, I think he used it, knowing that the Vision was out there, the, the created Vision. He said that Wanda stole the Vision's body, which she never did. She actually left it there when she mm-hmm. reached out. So I thought that was, that was pretty well done. But overall, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of White Vision. I'm not going to lie. Noah? I might agree with you actually on that. Oh yeah. Um I agree with Joe on 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 a on a level of that about how like it, it sort of I felt it to be the weaker thing and mainly tying back to the motivations of um of the the sword leader guy whose name I can't remember. Um Hayward. Hayward, yeah. So Hayward's motivations are are a little convoluted so he wants to um he wants to blame that's the thing that like this is it's like it's like if you can't automatically say like why is wanda doing this it's because of her grief over losing vision like nice simple succinct why is agatha doing it she wants to steal wanda's power so why is hayward there he wants to frame wanda for stealing vision's body so that when vision comes back online because of sword he doesn't get blamed for using vision as a weapon because vision never wanted to be used as a weapon it's sort of so convoluted and it's just it does it's not succinct like everything else in the show is like even like even monica gets a very like succinct why is wanda why does wanda get want to get back in the hex because she understands what wanda's going through because she lost someone herself so she empathizes with wanda's grief you know, why is Jimmy doing this is because Jimmy from the beginning has respect for Monica and her honesty and her, you know, her like respect for things like why is Darcy doing this because Darcy is also has a moral high ground where she doesn't think that everything is as it seems like it's not as black and white. But like Hayward's the one where it's like, there's just so much you have to explain about why he does the way that he does. And then in turn, white vision gets wrapped into that convoluted motivation. So I think that I wish that there was more of a, um, I wish it was more like a, like a more cut and dry, like X-Men motivation where it's like, Hayward just wants to kill Wanda, right? That kind of thing, because he thinks she's a threat. So why not just make the vision that, you know, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that counter, that counteraction right there, you know, like that, that counterattack against, against Wanda. 
But in order to do that, you wouldn't be able to save him as a big reveal for the last episode. So you have to have a reason for him to lie about it, which gets more convoluted and it, it just sort of is bad. So they just need to find a better way for him lying about it to everybody. Um, like he could have even just said, I didn't tell anyone because it was a secret, that kind of thing, you know? And they didn't have to have anything about Wanda invading the sword base or anything like that. That could have just been saved for episode eight. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of not happy with his reveal too because I like I like the idea of him being sort of an inevitable presence, right? Vision has to show up. And I kind of almost wish that we would have had a reveal like in episode four, like, hey, there's Vision. And like, well, how can Vision be there when he's at sword base like that would have been a much better reveal i think is to have like them like you know vision's still out there but you don't know it's white vision so that by the end of episode eight it would have been much cooler to be like oh it's white vision it's not just your regular old vision it's like white vision with a blue stone in his head kind of thing those are my thoughts and yeah joe like you kind of gave voice to a problem i had and i just didn't know why but yeah you're right like it just it just comes out of left field and it's because it's just so convoluted as to why he's getting there. Those are my thoughts, but Matt, what, what do you think? No, you guys all made really good points. I was thinking like, as, as you were talking, like they could have done something like, you know, the, 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 the shield boss could have, or the sword boss could have been something like, you know, with Tony Stark here, not here, um you know i'm able to to do these things if, if stark was still around he would he would you know be meddling he'd be hacking in the sword knowing what i was doing like they could have they could have built that or you know he could have had worries that like uh um you know just with with tony off the board that they had to have another technological like superhero to sort of check in case something else came back so he just came kind of became a mustache twirling villain at the end um but i kind of think that like the the vision and what they do the the white vision and what they do with him in nine is is sort of more of a means to the end uh for for the future of the the vision and what we'll see so let's let's go into nine um sort of nine is the 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 big sort of knock down drag out fight um you know we have wanda and agatha squaring off the the kids are being um the kids are being held um they go back and forth um and then the the white vision flies in and grabs uh grabs wanda and there's there's a bit of a struggle um what do you guys think about how we started off nine um joe why don't you go ahead and go first yeah so um you know i thought from just a cinematic point of view, the action was pretty good. Um, you, I don't think they pulled any punches, it being a TV show. Marvel, Marvel Universe, Disney budget. Um, you know, it was, I, I don't think we've seen like two flying superheroes fight um, visually um, in the Marvel Universe. You know, I think about the, um, uh, the you know, the Zack Snyder Superman movies. Um, sorry, Noah. Um, and every, I love them. <laughs> Don't. No, I'm not going to pretend they're my trash. They're, they're uh, my. I, uh, I, I will. I will get. I'll get upset if you're like. You're like that's my favorite movie in the world, and I will fight anyone who says it's bad. That's where I get upset. But I do love Man of Steel. So, you know, yeah, that was you know that was Marvel's version of that. We I don't think, I don't think we've seen that. You know, and that type of so that was pretty cool. 
Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I think I had mentioned in an earlier podcast how I wanted there's been no fights. There's been, you know, it's been more of a and I don't want to throw it out to you guys that like up until episode nine, this is really kind of like a psychological thriller, mm-hmm. Marvel's version of one. And then when they got to the action, I almost thought it was a little bit forced too. like uh, to a point, uh, you know, careful what, for what you wish for. Because <laughs> that, yeah, it, it. It, it felt kind of obligatory at the end, right? Like it didn't feel earned. It felt more like just obligated to have uh, a laser shooty shooty blowout, that kind of thing, you know? Yes. Um, and that's why I love, then we'll get to it eventually as we, as we, now actually I'll, I'll jump to it now. But the, my favorite moment of the battle was when Vision and the two visions are fighting in the library and then they stop and they have the philosophical conversation. Like that felt more in line with what we've been seeing. And um, I think it's because the, uh, the magic sort of of the, of like of Wanda and Agatha just felt kind of generic you know, with like, just like laser blast kind of stuff, that kind of thing. Um, I think it could have gone a little more Zack Snyder, Man of Steel at the end. Like, I just sort of wish maybe they had, and again, like, because of Man of Steel, you can't really do this anymore. But like, I kind of wish more of the town had been destroyed in the end, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I kind of wish that like, that now we're kind of dealing with these two morally great characters, and she doesn't really care for the town because she can rebuild it in the end if she wanted to if she could have just been like just wrecked things a little bit more like her and Agatha would I think everything was just played a little too safe in that department like there was some destruction but just not enough for it to feel like it had any the lasers being shot so the real impact coming from Vision having this character moment of like completing his like you know this really cool arc of trying to figure out who he is and what he's doing there and what this is all about and basically giving another vision the chance to live free um, like he wishes he could be, you know, that was a wonderful moment of like, you know, having the action boiled down to just a conversation between two characters. That was the unique thing about the, the, the action in this episode. Um, Cause even then I, I didn't really, wasn't really that impressed by the, uh, how Agatha and Wanda's fight resolved. Like, it was just sort of like, like I mean, she did the spell thing, which was kind of cool, but like, I still wasn't like, wow, you know? Um, but I was wow with visions where I was like, oh, that's really cool that they they did some, they dropped some philosophy 101 on us, um, which was great. Yeah, but to your point, I think if there was some more development of the white vision, it would have meant more. But because yeah. it was like, Here's random vision who we don't really know. Bizarro, here's Bizarro vision. And um, they meet, they fight real quick, they talk, white vision's out. And it all happened in about a half hour time. Whereas you, you had no, you didn't really know what, like now what if, you know, like you said, they introduced white vision in episode four. They had maybe one fight in episode six. They have a second fight where they actually come to some sort of terms. Wouldn't have felt as forced. And that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, it's definitely the obligatory laser blast fight at the end and i think one thing also i have and this is something that i have an issue with with most like modern blockbusters is specifically with like like i think like similar to like one of the big examples for like 
like of recent are like the Star Wars, like the newer Star Wars movies where like, like I think it's so cool that like in the original Star Wars films that like Luke Skywalker by the end of the second film like loses his hand, that kind of thing. Like so you get this like damage or like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, like Indiana Jones doesn't look anything like he did at the beginning of the movie, that kind of thing. Like he's just so beaten up. And I kind of wish that there was a little bit more of that to raise the stakes with Vision because like you never got that like he could be destroyed by White Vision unless he was like thrown out of the, the hex. So I never got that feeling to where I was like, oh my gosh, Vision could die, you know? Um, which I always think is a big problem with action scenes that you always want to have that moment where like characters are like, you know, like you have the Luke Skywalker losing his hand moment, right? You know, where you're like, oh, he could die right now, you know? Um, that's that's sort of a big thing. And I just never felt that in any of the action sequences where it was like, yeah, they could die right now. Um, that was just me. I don't know. No, I, I could agree with it. I, I, I feel like the, the white vision was, I think I alluded to this a little bit before. I think it was a means to have the vision back in, in, in the Marvel U because basically the, the vision that had the, the emotional connection to Wanda sort of reached out and downloaded his personality, his memories, and then that one took off. So, you know, in a future movie, we're going we're gonna to see that one. And it's basically going to be a, a body that's, you know, repurposed like the vision. And it's going to have the, the memories of the vision and it's going to have this connection to Wanda because of those memories. So is it, it's, it's going to be very close. So it was almost sort of a, a means of, of getting the, the vision back in, in the Marvel U. Uh, but it was also classic sort of Marvel superhero uh, you know, we're two heroes, uh, we come together, we start fighting, then somebody says one thing to, you know, the other one, and then they realize, oh, we're not really so different. And they, they, oh, they yeah. you know, it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, Star-Lord coming in and fighting um, Tony and he's like, who is your master? And, and he's like, what do you want me to say, Jesus? And he's like, you're from Earth. And then they, 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 so, I mean, we've seen that a number of times and, and in comic books, we've seen that a lot. So, so that was enjoyable. Uh, but I do agree with you, sort of the, 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 the fight between Agatha and, and, um, uh, uh, Wanda in the sky was, was, was a little bit of a letdown. Um, but it's just sort of the 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 climax fight that we that we needed to have at the end um you know and you know it's the reveal that that wanda had put the runes around the uh the hex that um agatha had alluded to in her sort of basement that she had put the runes, so she was the only witch that could cast the spell um and so for, and I, for, i'm oh, sorry go ahead. ahead no no uh please no go ahead and I think that's sort of a cool moment in the grander scheme of the series and the grander scheme of the episode of showing that like that Agatha takes the place of like in the MCU that like only one other villain or I guess like two other villains have done in the MCU and that's Thanos and Killmonger where they sort of convince the hero of something that they should be doing, you know? So like Killmonger convinces like Black Panther in the end that he needs to change his ways basically. And like change comes from like basically Black Panther believing Killmonger is right sort of in a way. Mm -hmm. And then in, in like Infinity War, like people sort of are like, like 
people's ways of thinking are changed like for the good kind of by Thanos's idea even though like his means are awfully evil and stuff like that to get to that way like there is something sort of like that but like Agatha does that for Wanda in this moment where like she kind of shows something to Wanda and Wanda changes her way of doing things because of something that Agatha did and um obviously it's sort of like you know a bait not a bait and switch but like sort of like using her her own power against her which is kind of interesting but it's also like Agatha in a way kind of also wakes Wanda up to understanding her powers better which is not something you often see see with like a villain hero dynamic um, which I thought was really cool and that sort of culminated in that moment of all the runes being around the hex but mm-hmm. still like I just wish it had more of a punch than it did um yeah but I do love the costume reveal, which we can talk about that. Yeah, Joe, uh, what do you think about the, the, the costume reveal that, that we got there? I mean, anything that harkens back to 80s comics, you got to count me in. So That's always two thumbs up. Nice. Uh, so to, to tie up Agatha, uh, Wanda basically puts her back in uh, sort of the, the state that she was, um, you know, in that, that 50s universe, um, which is going to possibly lead to, you would have to think that maybe we haven't seen the last of her as, as well, because she had, she had some sort of knowledge uh, that she was manipulating things uh, in that 50s sort of time frame and inside the hex. So um, without sort of killing her or, or taking away all of her power, she's still going to be somewhat of a of a threat there so we might not have seen the last of agatha uh what do you think about the fact that she was not like imprisoned her powers taken away she was sort of mentally imprisoned to to go back to to that simpler uh time that we saw at the beginning of the of the show uh i think ahead, joe yeah they um i even allude to it right because like she i think agatha says you'll need me or something like that and, and one is like I know where to find you, um, which is good. You know, I, I feel as if I think I think she was a pretty strong character. I think she was well done. Um, I think the the Scarlet Witch and her abilities is going to be a well. We already know. Spoiler alert that that the new Doctor Strange movie has a lot to do with her. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, foreshadowing and then kind of opening the door to her, her coming back. You know, I like that. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. There's. Uh. Yeah. You go ahead, Matt. No, I just. Uh. Yeah. I. I, I think that. Uh, Joe, you brought up some really good points, and the what you know, what was said to each other. We we kind of feel like it's not it's not over. It's just sort of a means to put pieces back in their in their spot, which is also very classic comic book storytelling. You know, a lot of times. Uh. You know. On, a, on an ongoing series, a writer will sort of break all the pieces apart and then put them right back together as he goes to hand it off to, to, to another writer, um, which is what, what we've done there. Um, so, but Noah, you, you had a thought here? Yeah, it was cool because um, like we might see Agatha in like the next Doctor Strange movie too, because she makes references to, uh, I think at the end, either the, at the end of the la- of episode eight or at the beginning of episode nine, she references that Wanda's power is more like she's more powerful than the the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. So that must mean that Agatha knows about like 
the like Doctor Strange and other like the other people who work from who work in um not Kunlun in um can't remember where Doctor Strange is from um but the uh yeah you know that order of of, of sorcerers yeah and so that means that would be cool to see her come back and then maybe uh yeah but I also liked how um sort of her Wanda trapping. Agatha in the reality and sort of changing her character, manipulating her into being the nosy neighbor for as long as Wanda deems it was interesting because especially as we go into the next part, because Wanda is powerful enough to like, you know, maintain the illusion for a long period of time, you know, like her power is sort of becoming more limitless as it goes, which is really in, you know, it's very in line with who she is in the comics as sort of like an omega level mutant who can do, you know, unspeakable, like imaginable things. Um, and then, you know, but that's sort of carrying on to the Marvel universe that she's powerful enough to sustain this woman's like illusion from a distance away. So it's, it makes the choice for her to leave her whole life behind all that more, um, all the more, I guess, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word here, like, uh, conflicting like a conflicting emotion you feel in the end leading up into the next scenes because you know wanda is not weak she, you know she could maintain the illusion but she's changed enough to know that she shouldn't maintain the illusion so i really like that um yeah but you guys yeah 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 that that, that we can go into the next part yeah so there's a there's a few loose ends that still tie up uh there you know um Hayward's still there. He he tries to take a shot at the family. Um, the you know we have the four family members sort of standing there uh, ready to fight. Uh, but Monica shows up and sort of reveals sort of the abilities that she's gotten by walking through the hex. Uh, so that's sort of you know continuing her her superhero origin. Um, and does Darcy wreck the uh, or has Darcy already wrecked the 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 funnel cake truck into the director's um, car or, or she does that. And that's one way to, to sort of slow him down. So sort of that's Darcy's sort of resolution with, with that director. Um, and I guess at this point, Jimmy's, Jimmy's inside the hex as well. Right. So how, how did Jimmy get inside? Uh, Jimmy comes in after La Wanda lowers the hex after the battle, because that was, a, that was actually, so I keep going backtracking on my opinions on the fight, but that was one of the cooler moments in the fight where Agatha wakes up all the people in the town as the hex is coming apart and they all start swarming Wanda and then Wanda rebuilds the hex again. Mm -hmm. um, but then after the battle is over, Wanda takes the hex down and Jimmy comes in with the rest of the FBI and arrests Hayward and his sword cronies. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So Joe, so what are your thoughts of sort of the the resolution of sort of the the other characters we have here? Darcy, you know, Hayward gets locked up in handcuffs and, and led away, and, and Jimmy's sort of there, the the man in man in charge, and you know, taking care of care of business. What do you think about uh, you know sort of tying up those characters there? Um, I thought it was okay. You know, I, I the purpose of sword. As 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 a uh, as a driver of the story, um, even Monica to a point. In hindsight, I, I don't want to use the word um, unnecessary, 
but they do seem like they were sort of uh, tertiary to the, to the main theme. Um, you know why they did it, right? And I think, um, look, I think, you know, uh, Kevin Feig and the rest of them sat around. They said, you know what, we're going to throw Monica, um, you know, in uh, this first series we have, and that'll be the genesis for her powers because we're going to use her down the road. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you get it, and that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, earlier on, you know, Noah had said that he felt as if that he the, the parts with sword were his least favorite. Um and, you know, as we got closer to the end, I'm kind of with him. Uh, you know, I mean, how necessary, you know, you know, it wouldn't, take, wouldn't be that hard for the three of us to write, to rewrite this story and totally edit the sword part out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and really. Including Monica. It does. Right. Other like, than having, like, I, I think it is important to have the white vision, you know, the two visions sort of confront each other in the end. But like sword doesn't have to be that big of a presence to get to that place, yeah. you know. Um, no, I agree completely, and that's sort of that's the thing I've been trying to justify in my head because I like Monica and I like Darcy and I like Jimmy being there. But you're right, like if you cut them out of the story, what really good do they do for the narrative as a whole? Like for Wanda and everything like that. Like um, there's just they they don't really impact the Wanda and vision of it all you know um other than Darcy maybe explaining to vision in episode seven about what he went through Mm -hmm. what he and Wanda went through before the events of the hex but even then like you don't really need all of like the sword and Darcy and everyone to be there for that to happen you can do that in another way Agatha could have done that you know um, so that's, uh, yeah, but like, I, I, I mean, I like, I love one. I love Monica because I love, we'll, we'll get to her sort of resolution as the character and sort of the, the, the journey she went through on this. So she's not like flat or anything like that. Cause I think that would be the next worst thing is that like, they're not all Hayward where they're just like one dimensional characters. There are, there is some dimension to some of them, which is nice, but yeah, but we can continue. Yeah. Uh, so I guess you know, there's there's a couple of other things. There's sort of the 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 Richard Boner is is it or is it Ralph Boner? Ralph uh, Boner. Yeah, yeah. We we find out that he wasn't really much of a thing other than a townsperson sort of manipulated into to doing it. Uh, a lot of misdirection with him being the the same actor as that he was in an X Men movie. Um, but sort of the, the the end of the show before we go to credits is sort of the emotional goodbye of, uh, you know, Wanda's putting the kids to bed, um, knowing that, you know, this is going to be the last time they can see that just will see them. They sort of kind of allude to the one kid that can read minds that he kind of knew what was going on and was just sort of accepting of it. Um, so the the hex is sort of continuing to you know, come closer. Um, and then we sort of have the, uh, the moment of Wanda and, and the vision getting to say goodbye. So what do you think about the emotional sort of ending there? Cause it's, you know, that was what mostly what the show was about was, was Wanda and the vision. And then by extension, the, the, the kids. So we got a moment of, uh, you know, a slowdown. you know, we've had a lot of action and now this is sort of our, 
you know, a dramatic moment to, to, to go back and, and feel about the characters again. Joe, what did you think about the saying goodbye to the kids and then the Wanda and the Vision saying goodbye to each other? Yeah, I think it wraps up the story pretty good, you know, pretty good. Like, you know, the hex, the hex is gone. Wanda created this. Um, they weren't illusions, but they were definitely kind of beings creative out of, out of her chaos magic. Um, I think the three of us can take a deeper dive into the, like, especially the three of them, Vision and the two kids would be like, what, what really were they <laughs> as far as, as far as sentient beings? Mm-hmm. Um, but from a writing standpoint, um, you know, we talked about uh, how good um, Elizabeth Olsen was. Uh, I, I, you know, Paul, Paul Bettany, he's not, he wasn't too shabby either um, as far as the vision goes and everything else. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. No, what about the, uh, what yeah. about for you? What about the emotional goodbye of the, the four sort of four core family members there? I definitely got sad. And um, I, I was very, a very, uh, not a, like, I, I got, I got teary eyed definitely when, when she was saying goodbye to the kids, I definitely that, that hurt me. Uh, and I, I definitely, but then I was really heartbroken with her, her sort of farewell to this vision. And he explains to her what they are in that moment that he's like, I've been trying to figure out who I am, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think he's like, he's like, I'm not, he says, I'm not, you know, I'm not the Mind Stone. I'm not Jarvis, that kind of thing. I, I am, you know, it's like, I, I'm your memories. Like, I'm your love, that kind of thing. Like, he's like, I'm just, basically explains, like, I'm just an extension of you. I'm not really me, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And there is, like, there's sort of an interesting meta thing to that, too, because I was thinking about it today where, like, Wanda is sort of like a writer. Like, it's sort of like the stand-in for a writer character, right, who can breathe life into a character right that has dimensions and emotion and motivation and meaning that kind of thing and that's what vision is to her like he's just a very well written character that she can love based on her memories of him and you know she can breathe that life to him but it's like uh um i can't remember there's another movie or book that delves into that too where it's like but like there's just not it's just not real though that kind of thing like it's like you know you need the imperfection right the you know and some of the imperfections sort of bred in there but like there needs to be like there's still just not that authenticity to it and that's sort of part of what his discussion with um white vision is about too is just sort of like what are we made of you know are we are we the original are we not the original that kind of thing and it's like but like like, but we're both sort of composed of the memories of, of people or like we have memories, that kind of stuff. And that's sort of what makes us real. So in that moment, all that stuff's flooding through my emotions because, you know, you, you love people, that kind of thing. And saying goodbye to them, even as ideas is, is hard, mm-hmm. you know? So to have it be so, so, so this is sort of the, why I, the show gets an A plus is because it sticks this landing right here. It sticks the Wanda vision part of it. You know, everything else, does it really matter for me at least this is what matters is the wanda vision of it all and it, it it hit me right in the feels like right in the gut i loved that he said like you've already had to say goodbye to me twice like you know just say hello that kind of thing and it's very tasteful he just disappears and it's just yeah it's wonderful i i loved it um it, it made me emotional in all the good ways like i, I really like that um, but what about you, Matt? What did you think? No, I think I think you summed it up really well. And uh, it was it was 
you know, it was something that we we kind of saw that had to be coming and something that, that we were dreading. And the, the way they did it with the uh, it was almost like a like a ticking clock with the, you know, they kept looking out the window and the the you know, the the hex sort of collapsing upon itself. It was, you know, we, we knew that this this these, these things were going to happen. So I think they handled that really well. Um, so so. That sort of ends the show, but we have two post-credit sequences here. Um, so the uh, the first one we get is uh, one of the agents taking is it that takes Monica into the theater um, and reveals herself as a scroll. Um, and we had a bit of debate in my house because we we weren't quite what she sure what she said, but she says I'm a friend, he, or I was a he I work with a friend of yours or did, did they give the pronoun or, or something like that? Cause we weren't, we weren't sure at, in our house if they were talking about Captain Marvel or if she was talking about Nick Fury. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It's like a friend of your mom's is sort of what they refer to. Yeah. yeah. So it could be, it could be either one of those two. Um, so you do you guys have friend. a, do you have a thought of who, who, who she was referring to? Was she referring to Captain Marvel or was she referring to uh, Nick Fury? I assume Nick Fury only because of the post yeah. scene from Spider-Man mm -hmm. uh, Far From Home where he's uh, he's the real Nick Fury's up at up with the scrolls chilling on vacation. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that as well. I, it seems like Fury is sort of still manipulating things and is still using the, the scrolls that he's put in various parts on Earth to still sort of you know, keep an eye on things and, and, and move things along. So I, I think it's, it's Fury as well. Yeah, me too. And then that would sort of uh, add to the uh, extraterrestrial element from the comics that S.W.O.R.D. has, mm -hmm. you know? So if like scrolls are infiltrating S.W.O.R.D., that makes S.W.O.R.D. more of a uh, precursor to like Alpha Flight and stuff like that, which would be cool. Hopefully that comes into Captain Marvel too. Wouldn't it be awesome to have Alpha Flight in Captain Marvel too? Man, that would be great. Are they going to be Canadian um, superheroes first before they're uh, out in outer can, space? We can only hope. We can only hope. That's all I have to say. If we get if we get Puck in the MCU before Wolverine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that oh, was man. Um, that, yeah. But that was the, the that was the first of our two. Um, the second one is sort of it. It takes us to this remote location, and there's a cabin, and we see. Um, Wanda sort of relaxing, sort of, I guess, sort of decompressing, trying to sort of deal with all of the, the, the stress that she's gone through. But then there's the reveal that there's like a, like a copy of her going through the book that um, Agatha talked about. Um, so what do you guys think was the, the meaning behind that, that second um, post-credit sequence? Joe, what did you think about that, that, that we have sort of Wanda relaxing, trying to decompress, but we also sort of have her trying to break down the secrets of the uh, the mysterious book. The night before episode nine, I might have stumbled upon some of the uh, some of the Marvel Hasbro figures, the three the three and a quarter inch figures. I might might have been looking at them. I don't know how it popped up on my newsfeed, um, <laughs> but uh, the Doctor Strange figure includes astral planes. Doctor Strange, which is basically the the Phantom version of him you saw mm -hmm. that you see that's very popular with him, and honestly, that's the first thing I thought when I saw that. 
was that the astral form of um of of her and then she sorcerer supreme was name dropped we know that she's in the the multi the multiverse coming up and whatever the multi-universe with dr strange um so that was kind of what put two together and matt i think you also heard her children's voices in in that uh as well right like i think if you play that you hear her the kids saying her name or or in the background I don't know if you guys caught that or maybe that was just me um i didn't catch that no but i didn't i didn't think about the astral projection either that's a really good catch i didn't think of that that, that was honestly was my my thought so yeah, that's, yeah joe so the the kids were in the comics and they were basically projections of that wanda made anyway so she could make these kids again right ah you know, here's the thing. I don't recall. I thought. Well, I don't want to get into the biology of this. Yeah, but, I, 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 the, the vision can't really be the, uh, the the father of those kids. There, there's something going on there. Yeah. Well, that. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't recall. To be honest with you. But that's but that's the whole point of her saying goodbye to them is because she knows they're not real. It's like all about letting go and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like it would be, it would kind of be defeating if she brought them back because that means that like her arc is incomplete, that kind of thing. Like she shouldn't bring them back because that air, like she's learned to let go of vision. She's learned to let go of the life that she wanted to have with him. So the kids can't come back, but like, like maybe it's like if it's her kid's voice or maybe it's like her and her brother's voices, like when they were like in the apartment, maybe. Or, or maybe, something like that. Or maybe I could have actual yeah. kids in another universe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe she does. But I also think uh, I think the the deeper meaning of that end credit scene is like you see the one version of her, you know, that's like walking around doing like the normal, like you know, the 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 basically I thought at first I was like, oh, that's very Thanos of her to be like in a cabin looking out over a grateful universe, that kind of thing or whatever. Um, I was like, oh, that's a cool maybe callback to Thanos right there. Um, it's also kind of a callback to the end of Incredible Hulk where they have a similar shot of like zooming up to the cabin with the uh, with like Edward Norton as Bruce Banner, like meditating. And then like he opens his eyes and it's like they're green. Mm-hmm. Like he's sort of like coming into his own as the Hulk there. So that was cool. I was like, OK, three things sort of maybe calling back to you. But as a series what it's calling back to is that she's still putting on a show for the rest of the world right you know we see this one side of wanda you know drinking tea being all cozy and stuff like that while in the background what's really going on is she's building up her power to do who knows what you know so i thought that was cool where it's like she's learned some of her lessons about like you know not manipulating other people and stuff like that but like she still knows that people are watching you know so she's putting on a show for them pretending to be normal while in fact she's becoming a bigger threat so i love that ending i thought i thought that was a perfect way to cap off the show and sort of tie everything together Uh, yeah i can agree with you all right so let's uh let's move into uh like one quick prediction about this is this the the only season of like a, like a Wanda centric uh, Marvel show that we're going to get. Do you, do you think they'll explore her more where they can, they can do this for eight or nine episodes or do you think this is a one and done? Joe? I think we'll see more. 
Noah? I don't think we'll see more. I don't think so. I think we're done. Um, uh, and I think that like, I, I think this is sort of a, if we, if this is like, uh, like, I think if Wanda comes back in a series, it'll be like a Scarlet Witch centered series, that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it won't be WandaVision season two. It'll be like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver or something like that. Um, because I don't like, I, I, I we didn't, we kind of didn't touch on this enough because I was like, you know, this is an audio medium, but Joe was making very hilarious like reaction faces when you brought up Ralph Boner. So I really <laughs> want him to be upset about it on mic. Um, so the, uh, but I like, I personally liked that bait and switch where it was like, they were just like Marvel was just playing us the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like they really wanted us talking and coming back so that we would get the X-Men introduced in WandaVision. But I like how this show kept like, you know, everything centered on Wanda this is about Wanda. This is about vision. We don't want to distract it with like bringing in Dr. Strange or the X-Men or anything like that. Um, but still a dirty trick, but I kind of respect Marvel for bringing in Evan Peters. And I, I don't, I don't think that they can just throw him away that easy though. Like it's Evan Peters, right. You know? So yeah, like I, I kind of am thinking that a Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver series is going to happen at some time. And what if Ralph Boner does become Quicksilver, right? You know, because like the hex manipulates your atoms and stuff and Agatha may have been mutating him somehow. So what if he is actually becomes Quicksilver at at some point? Like it could happen in a Disney Plus series. Uh, So I I, I don't know. I don't think it'll be a WandaVision season two. I think it'll be a Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver season two, but uh, if you guys could rant about um, Evan Peters showing up now, that would be great. I'm going to go get popcorn. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think you, I, 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 it was in a show that teased us so much. That was, that was the biggest tease. And like, uh, it was, it was just a lot of fun to, for them to mess with us. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's going to be, I would agree with you. There's not going to be a, a, a season two of this um if there's some sort of variation of of wanda's future adventures um but you know the the next show from from disney is coming out um you know as we're recording it it'll it'll be out uh tomorrow it's uh the falcon and the winter soldier um so i i feel like this show is going to be more of a straight superhero fair you know it's going to be you know chases and 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 stunts um but what do you guys think do you think that that's what we're going to get from this one yeah traditional right right you know beat up beating up bad guys good and evil some cool gadgets you know some some witty repartee back and forth between the two protagonists i'm ready for it uh, no, no. What do you think? Is it uh, going to be a more straight superhero affair? I don't think so. Like, and uh, that might just be me hoping, but I think the one thing that like we don't see enough of in the trailers and stuff like that, we're seeing an awful lot of Zemo and an awful lot of this sort of unnamed female character with the purple mask, like the hand on it or whatever it is. Um, but we're not seeing a lot of U.S. agent, you know, 
and like it's sort of being like i think they're gonna throw us for a loop kind of like what civil war did with us where like we thought it was going to build up to your normal superhero battle at the end right which we did have that in a way at the airport but we thought that iron man captain america and winter soldier would be teaming up to fight other super soldiers in the end and they flipped it and you know got them to fight each other which made it so much more satisfying i think i think this series is going to do something similar where we're going to go in expecting and we're going to get some of it too like we're going to get awesome action and things like that but I don't think the story is going to be a clear cut, you know, go on missions, hit the bad guy, that kind of thing. I think Zemo's plan is going to be something we haven't seen before in the MCU or in any other kind of media. Like, I don't think it's just going to be terrorism, capturing a new wave of super soldiers or anything like that. I think there's going to be this cool new element to the character. Um, and to the character, I mean, Zemo. He's going to put these character guys through a lot. And it's going to be a lot about questioning about like, you know, the power of the symbol of Captain America, what it represents, what it unifies people in that kind of thing. Um, it'll be more of a clear cut linear story with like a same, the same aesthetic across the boards, but I don't think it's going to be as like, again, just because WandaVision played with our expectations, I'm kind of expecting Falcon and the Winter Soldier to do the same thing. That's just me. But what do you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, I think I think one thing that we might get is a lot of social commentary in this show. Mm. Um, you know, you're going to have two guys that could have very easily taken the uh, the mantle of Captain America, but one guy was uh, a Russian sleeper agent for for a number of years who has you know this this you know this history. But the, I think they're also going to play a lot with uh, an African American guy taking the mantle of of, of Captain America, um, and that might play into some of the the U.S. agent uh, stuff. So I think there's going to be a lot of social commentary um, in this show, which which will which will make the storytelling uh, pretty good. So that's my prediction for that. Uh, Joe, did you did you make uh, any predictions other other than? Um, did you feel like it's going to be closer to a straight story, uh, superhero storytelling? No, and honestly, I did a pretty good job of not watching too many of the, uh, too many of the, the even the um, trailers. So I'm going, I'm going in pretty, uh, pretty blind, which is nice. I will say, last Friday I was like a lost puppy. Yeah, without, without a, without a, without a Marvel show to. Oh, poor <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Do you so, think Zemo will try to drink a uh, a glass of wine with his uh, ski mask down? Because he's always holding a glass of wine and like looking sinister. So, well, and you guys also know that I'm I'm really just holding out for the uh, the discussion that uh, Sam and and Bucky have to have with with Sharon about where where Steve is. <laughs> I'm still holding out for that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's with who? <laughs> Where? <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, uh, that was our, our first uh, recap of the first Disney series. And uh, we're all on board to, to do it with uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and I guess we're starting to see some teasers for, for Hawkeye now, which is, uh, uh, I guess, will be the next thing after that. So lots of, lots of cool stuff coming. It'll be Loki. Loki and Loki then after that, Loki starts in June. Yeah, and then, and then Hawkeye. Okay, 
Yeah, we yeah. haven't seen a lot from 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 Loki then. So. Yeah, no, I'm excited for Loki. Yeah, that that should be pretty good. All right, guys. Well, I had a lot of fun, and uh, what we'll probably do is, uh, I think we'll do it in two episode uh, increments with with Captain America. I'm sorry, the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, going forward. So uh, look forward to 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 more breakdowns. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could please give us a rating or review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social media. Twitter is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. And Facebook is Constructing Comics. I'd like to uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be nice, be safe, and go out there and make some art. <laughs>